Lord, we approach your word with a sense of reverence, a sense of honor. We ask that you would speak to us this morning by your spirit and through the word of the living God. We thank you, Lord, for revelation, knowledge, and utterance to be given. Thank you, Father, that I may open my mouth boldly as I ought to speak. And Lord, we give you alone all of the glory and all of the praise, for it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And everyone said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. We've been talking a little bit about breakthrough. And uh, just by the word, uh, way of definition, a breakthrough is a movement or an advance all the way through and beyond an enemy's frontline defense. A breakthrough is an act or instance of removing or surpassing an obstruction or a restriction. A breakthrough is a significant or sudden advance, development, achievement, or increase that removes a barrier to progress. One writer says it this way, a breakthrough is simply a sudden burst of God's favor. It's like a flood. It's an explosion of his goodness. It's when suddenly God releases power in such a way that it overwhelms you and drives out your enemies. So this morning I want to talk a little bit about faith in the power of God. And when we activate the power of God, we will experience continuous breakthroughs in every area of our lives. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and uh, let's lay some groundwork for this morning before that we receive communion a little bit later. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 1, Paul says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, except Jesus Christ and him, him crucified. The same Paul said in Philippians 3 that his determined purpose was that he may know him and the power of his resurrection and to become intimately and deeply more acquainted with the wonders of his person. Jesus was number one in Paul's life. Amen? And notice with me, "...and I was with you in weakness and in fear." And in much trembling. How many of you know in the flesh we, don't, we are not enough? Paul knew what he was dealing with here. He was dealing with the church at Corinth. And the city of Corinth was a place that was literally infested with idol worship. And uh, I imagine Paul's mind was kind of going tilt like, how is this going to happen? How is this going to make a difference? But in verse 4 and verse 5, he explains here, and he says, My speech in my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Notice that phrase, the Spirit and of power. And then in verse 5, he says, That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, in the intellectualism of man, in the philosophical, theological dissertation of man, but that your faith should not stand in that, but in what? Counting on the power of God. I'm counting on Him. Amen? Paul was not interested in impressing in how smart he was, nor how educated he was. Did you know that it's possible to have a form of godliness, but literally deny the power thereof? And the Bible says that from those people we're to turn away from. In other words, we're not to hook up with them. 
You know, people can talk about the greatness of God and the goodness of God, but when he starts showing up in demonstration and power, they think, whoa, we've seen some strange things today. You know, they even thought that Jesus had a devil in some instances, in some cases. But thank God, we're to taste of the powers of the world to come. We're to taste and we're to see the power of God in manifestation in our lives, in our nation, and all about us. Now, in Hebrews, the first chapter in the third verse, it talks about the power of God. Hebrews 1.3, if you'd read it with me, go ahead. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Go ahead, continue to read. So we see here that all things are upheld by the word of his power. Oh, my brothers and sisters, there is a divine energy. There is a divine power that is upholding this whole universe. And what is that energy? What is that power? I declare to you, it is light. For God is light. Don't you know that light is so much more than the little lamp you read by at night. Have you ever thought about it? What kind of power does it take to keep the stars burning bright? What kind of power does it take to keep the planets moving in their orbits? Oh, my goodness. This power, this light comes from the throne of God. You'll see in 1 John, it says that God is light. And in Him is no darkness whatsoever. And so for us to have the manifestations of His power then, we need to learn to cooperate with the laws of the Spirit that God, who is light, has set in place that govern His power. You know, sometimes people get really upset and I know that it's easy to get over into the flesh and get frustrated and get discouraged if we're living our lives after the flesh or just sometimes we get thrown a curveball and just something happens to our lives and we sometimes ask these questions or sometimes say this well why won't God do this or, or why why hasn't God done that why God why God Now, there's two basic prayers that God cannot answer. You want to know what they are? Number one, asking him to do what he's told us to do. And number two, asking him to do what he's already done. Once something God has provided for is done, it's not a matter of talking us, talking God into a notion of doing something he's already done. It's a matter of us opening our heart and receiving what has been finished. A receptive heart activates the power of God. Unreceptivity will cause the power of God to pass over you and go into a life that's open to his power. 
For the power of God is not accidentally activated. The power of God is activated purposely by people who do know how to release it. And this is some of the things we want to we want to talk about today because there's nothing really mysterious about it. There's nothing mystic about the power of God. The power of God is everywhere present. He is not only omnipresent, but he is omnipotent. Say it with me. My God God. is the all-powerful God. You know, we've known just so little about this. I believe that this morning, if you have a need in your life, even through communion, you can tap in and you can access his great power and it will flow and it will move in your life. Look over at Luke chapter 5. Luke, the fifth chapter. And notice with me in verse 17. It says, and it came to pass on a certain day. What was he doing? As he was teaching, kind of like I'm doing right now. That there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. How do you know, Pastor Mark, the power of the Lord was present to heal them? Because it says so. But not only that, because he was teaching the word. And I've discovered this, that no word from God is void of power. Hallelujah. Jesus, over and over again, he would go into the synagogue. And when he would go about doing good and preaching and healing and all those things, many times he'd stand up and say, hey, guys, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because I've been anointed to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to set the captives free, and so on. And then he'd close the book and sit down and say, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. In other words, believe it, receive it, don't believe it, don't receive it. It's up to you. The word has been preached and the power is present to heal. Hallelujah. Not only is the power of God present to heal, but the power of God is present to lift people out of depression hallelujah the power of the lord is present to do whatever we believe that he said he would do or he has done amen now how many of you know brother kenneth e hagan brother kenneth e hagan went on to be with the lord a few years back and he was in our church at least five or six times how many of you were in church sometimes when dad hagan was here oh my did we have some services oh my here's what dad hagan said Dan Hagen said that electricity is a manifestation of God's power in the natural realm. Now, what does electricity do? Well, electricity reveals many things to us about the power of God. Power for electricity is always, has always been present in the earth. But people sat in the dark for centuries. And I like what Brenda said recently. She said, you know, they had candlelight dinners, not out of the need to be romantic. (laughs) They just couldn't see. But finally, the revelation came, or the understanding rather, to Benjamin Franklin. 
Benjamin Franklin uh, actually uh, discovered that electricity and lightning were one and the same thing. Have you ever heard of the lightning rod? And then understanding came to Thomas Edison as how to conduct the electricity that was already all around them. Aren't you glad for light bulbs? Aren't you glad for lights? And so that understanding came. And in this place, whoever walked in here early this morning, this place was dark. What did they need to do? Even though electricity was absolutely available, someone had to flip the switch. And when the switch was flipped, guess what? There was light. Well, there is also a switch in the realm of the spirit. It's called the switch of faith. Amen? And that's what we want to talk about just a little bit today. How many of you are with me this morning? And so we understand there then that uh, in order for you to get coffee this morning from Jehovah Jaffa, the Lord who wakes you up, you need to flip the switch. So understand this, that electricity's source is spiritual. Say this with me. Electricity's source, it's spiritual. It came from the Creator. God who is light, who was it light, is light, and forever shall be light, said, everyone say it, let there be light. Say it a couple more times. Let there be light. Let there be light. I believe someday you and I are going to be able to talk to Jesus about that and say, Lord, could you show us that? I believe he will. Hallelujah. The whole universe, as we read in Hebrews 1.3, it's upheld and it is sustained by the word of his power. Hallelujah. Say it with me. The power of the Lord is available. And yet it's not automatic. I must activate it. Now understand this. When Jesus preached, there was like a magnetic field of power present. But if nobody accessed it, nobody got their need met. And we see this in verse 18. And it says, And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. You know, everyone needs four crazy friends. So here are these live wires. I mean, they're just, whoo, man, where is he? I've heard that when Jesus teaches and preaches, the power of the Lord is present. Where is he? And the, and the house was crowded. They couldn't get in the front door. So what did they do? They went up on the roof. I like to preach a message called Roof Ripping Faith. So they cleared whatever it was, the clay, the tiles. And what did they do? The Bible says they let him down through the tiling with his couch in the midst before Jesus. Wow, that's amazing. Now notice verse 20, read that with me. And when he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, can faith be seen? 
What did Jesus see? see? He saw their action. Faith is an act. If we don't take action, very often we will stay in the same condition or in the same place we've been for years. Verse 21 through verse 23. And when the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, does reason conduct the power of God? Mm -mm. Saying, who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered, said unto them, Why reason you in your hearts? Whether it's easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say rise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power upon earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto you, Arise, take up your couch, and go into your house. Read verse 25 with me and let's shout. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed into his own house. (laughs) Don't you know he was happy? He came in on a couch. Glory to God. But he left leaping and walking and glorifying God. Amen? Now, there are certain objects that power... Or electricity will not flow through. One thing that electricity will not flow through is dry wood. Another thing that electricity will not flow through is hard rubber. We could say that that day, the Sadducees and the Pharisees were hard rubber and dry wood. As a matter of fact, the best object to conduct power is gold. It's gold. And the Bible says that your faith, come on somebody, is more precious than gold. Hallelujah. I'm looking at a congregation that are gold class faith people. (laughs) Who know how to conduct the power of God. Raise your hands and say, that's me, Lord. So Jesus, you know, he he faced this same kind of resistance even in his own hometown. Look over here at at Mark chapter 6. Man, you're listening so good. We're making some good progress. Mark the 6th chapter. Notice verses 1 through 6. And he went up from thence and came to his own country. And his disciples follow him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach. Again, he was doing what? He was teaching in the synagogue. You suppose teaching the word's important? You're being taught right now. It's important. And many thing and 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 many hearing were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are worked by his hands? Verse three: Is this not the carpenter's? Is, it, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And what did they get? They were offended at him. Don't bother about people being offended by your walk with God. Don't flaunt it. 
Don't walk in pride about your relationship with God. On the other hand, don't hide it. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God unto salvation. Don't be ashamed to, to tell people, you know what? I believe when I lay my hands on you in the name of Jesus, if you'll just believe and receive, you will recover. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid to open up your mouth boldly and make known the mystery of the gospel. We've got a good news gospel. And anything worth having is worth sharing. That's just a little bit of extra right there. Verse 4. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. Read verse 5 with me, if you would, and verse 6. Ready, read. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went around the villages teaching. Now, I want you to back up to verse 5. Notice it didn't say he would there do no mighty work. It says he couldn't. It didn't say he wouldn't. Why couldn't he? Well, verse 6 answers the question. He marveled because of all the hard rubber and all the dry wood. Dad Hagen said he'd laid hands on some people and he was laid, like laying hands on a stump. He's in, you probably remember this, Brother George. He'd lay hands on people. He said, it went right into you. Then it went right out of you. Sometimes it almost knocked him flat on his back. Laid hands on him, went right into him, but came right back out. Well, you don't want to be insulting and you don't want to be arrogant about it. But they might as just well sit there and twiddle their thumbs and say, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. They're not going to get anything that way. Power flows into receptive people. Say with me, I'm receptive to the power of God. When I lay hands on you two last Sunday, the power of God went into you and stayed in there. Receptive. It was so strong. Glory to God. So I don't want to be hard rubber. Hard rubber doesn't sound good. And I don't want to be dry hay ministries. I don't want to stand up here with some sort of something to try to impress you with. Everyone say, thank God for the anointing. Now, what does the anointing do? It destroys yokes, but it also removes burdens. Hallelujah. Say with me, the power of God is here today. Now, notice verse 5 again. He could there do no mighty work. You know he wanted to. You know it was his will. You know healing is his will. That leper came to him one day and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me whole. He didn't doubt his ability. He doubted his willingness. And Jesus settled the answer to the question, is it God's will to heal all once and for all? He said, I will be thou clean. One translation says, of course I will. Hallelujah. And he could there no mighty work, save that he laid his hands on a few sick folk or a few folk with minor ailments and he healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. But he didn't stop. He just went 
to the next town. He just went to the next place. I've learned that. Amen. You find someone that's not receptive, you say, well, praise the Lord, we love you. Next. Amen. Find someone that doesn't like the word of faith and doesn't like the move of the Spirit, you love them. They go their way to another church. That's fine. That's good. The body of Christ is big. Amen. You send them on their way and uh, don't push the delete button. Love them anyway. But then say, next. You could meddle here a bit. No, I'm not. I better not. I better not meddle at all. Glory to God. Amen. So the power was there, but their unbelief stopped the flow of it. And he marveled at that. Power is just as real as electricity. It flows through some objects, but it won't flow through others. The power of God flows freely into and through people who will activate it with their faith and with their actions of faith. Now we're talking about breakthrough. In just a few moments we're going to have received communion. I think during the communion time we're going to release our faith for the power of the Lord. You can release it right now. You don't have to wait. We're thinking about those who, 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 who press through. Well, the woman with the issue of blood. Look over at Mark chapter 5. I think about her. In verse 25 of Mark 5. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm telling you. Since his power is upholding the whole universe, it'll uphold you. It'll uphold your mind. It'll uphold your kids. It'll uphold your finances. And it will uphold this nation. Glory to God. In spite of all the buzz that's going around. You know, the Lord of the flies is just stupid. Mark 5, 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. What's your issue? And had suffered many things of many physicians. That's no fun. And had spent all that she had. How many of you know it can get real expensive out there? And was nothing better but what happened to her. That's not a good thing when you spend all your money and you get worse. But oh, thank God, who'd you hear about? But when she heard of Jesus, everyone say that name, Jesus. Jesus. Say it a couple more times, Jesus. Jesus. One more time. Well, she heard of Jesus. And notice, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. So she had to come in the press. In other words, she had to press through. Now, here's what verse 28 says. For she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. Another translation said, for she kept saying. You know, it's a good thing to keep saying. Keep saying what God said. For she kept saying, if I... Even touch his garments, I'll be made whole. And straightway or immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Oh, thank God we don't live by feelings, but it's sure good to get some. Hallelujah. She felt in her body. 
that she was healed of that plague. And, of course, Jesus immediately knew in himself that virtue, literally power, had gone out of him. The power was in him, and it went out of him because there was a gold-plated touch that touched the hem of his garment. Turned about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? His disciples said, You see the multitude throng indeed. How do you say, Who touched me? <laughs> oh, say it with me. The woman with the issue of blood had the gold-plated faith touch. God's no respecter of persons. You also have precious faith. And it's just like gold. Whew. Verse 32. And he looked round about to see there it had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Don't you know she was worshiping him? Now read verse 34 with me. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. So she activated his healing power with her faith. The Amplified says, Daughter, your faith, your trust, your confidence in me, springing from faith in God, has restored you to health. Now go in peace and, notice this, and be continually healed and freed from your distressing bodily disease. I think it's Weiss says it this way, be going in a state of peace and be continually sound in body, healed of your affliction. In other words, Jesus was saying, your issue has been settled and your faith in my power has settled it. Now go in shalom and be permanently healed. We serve an eternal God who obtained for us an eternal redemption. And God has some permanent breakthroughs for you. Permanent deliverance. Permanent healing. Your faith will make you whole. And to experience breakthroughs is easy. It comes through the word of his power. Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Look with me in verse 12. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And ushers, if you'd be excused and go get communion ready as we conclude this message. Hallelujah. Man. Say it with me. His grace, his, grace, his, power, his power, is available, is available right, now. right now. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith. Read it with me. For the word of God... Let's stop right there. The word of God's alive. Is it alive in you? The Word of God is what? Powerful. And sharper than what? I want you to picture this, guys. 
Didn't mean for you to start serving it, but that's okay. Now, go ahead. That's all right. I want you to picture this. This sword of the Spirit is a sword of light. And that sword of the Spirit that comes from your spirit and out of your mouth is light that dispels all darkness. Hallelujah. 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 It's a two-edged sword. Say it with me. It's piercing. Even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints of marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Let's just thank him for what we've heard today. Lord, I open my heart and I receive from you today. Go ahead and say that. Lord, I open my heart and I receive from you this morning. Glory to God. Let's worship him just a few moments.